Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. the Suns podcast. My name is Kel Olson. Joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. If we are recording for a second time in a week, that means that some news has occurred and some news did occur. Mr. Zimmerman, how are you? Didn't hurt myself walking in here. So there's that. So I love watching pregame warmups. I love oh, it. Yeah. I think that my job offers me the access to pure basketball in the way that few others get an opportunity to see anytime that I can sit after practice and watch guys just kind of warm up by themselves. There's no other sound going on. There's nothing else happening. I love that because getting access to that and just being around that is not something that you really gain as much covering the league and talking to guys. You don't really get to experience just basketball. And the best way to do it is showing up two and a half hours before a game starts, three hours before a game starts in an empty gym. And the memory that I have like five years ago, six years ago, was Vince Carter on the Sacramento Kings when they were terrible and he wasn't really playing that much. He kept cursing at himself over and over again because he couldn't hit a 30-footer five times in a row. And then I saw him like take a deep breath Breathe in, breathe out, and then he hit five in a row because he's Vince <laughs> Carter, and he's awesome, and he cares about being really good And still. he was on the Kings, and we don't remember that. And that's just, that's basketball to me. That's always been basketball to me, so I'm, all, I'm always out there when I can be, and I was able to be out there for Durant and his the start of Kevin Durant's warm-up. He went through his stages. Usually a couple of weeks go by, and I'm able to tell what the, like, I know exactly what Booker does in his warm-up now. I'm still learning Durant's a bit, but... He did work from four mid post spots. He goes over to the fourth spot. And the thing I noticed quickly is that, oh, he goes full speed in these. He he flies around. Uh, if this were first take, we'd talk about, does Kevin Durant need to slow down <laughs> in his pregame warmups? I'm sure if they heard that quote from book somewhere, they would have ran off to the races with that. We will not do that because it's awesome that he does that. When he drove to the basket on one of these mid-post attempts, he planted his left foot awkwardly in a way where it turned, rolled his ankle, however you want to phrase it. Little bit of a slip occurs while that turn is happening, and then he falls. Not a wet spot situation. I think people need to understand wet spots when six guys fall on the floor on the same possession, sure. But in pregame warmups, when the ball boys, ball girls, however you want to phrase what their jobs are. I'm not exactly sure. What mop pe- are the mop people separate? I don't know. They're the, they're the same people. Okay. So the same people who are grabbing the balls for the Suns in those situations and, and paying attention because they need to grab the ball, throw it to the coach, grab the ball. Like they need to keep the system going. So everyone's using their time, right? They're paying attention. They're absolutely locked in. So if any sort of fall would have occurred where there was an actual wet spot, or if someone was dripping sweat a lot by standing there, they would have seen it. And even then, if a guy stands there for a couple seconds, drip five drips of sweat, wet i don't think that's creating a slip in that situation and then anyway if you watch the video from the angle that i posted it's pretty clear it's a plant he didn't he slip planted. he planted his foot so just wanted to put that to rest because there was a lot of reaction online with something like this and taking a negative spin on it blaming ball people ball boys and ball girls it was not their fault they're always professionals when i see them like they are hustling around sprinting across if someone needs a ball down there they're sprinting down the court to get it they work extremely hard so with that aside Durant stays down. I'm horrified. Everyone else around me is horrified. 
And then by the time we get to like actually be like, what just happened? He's already up on his feet. He talks to Jared Jack while retying his shoe. Ten seconds go by. He's warming up again. He looks fine. He's not grimacing. He's planning on that left leg. He's landing on that left leg in the air. So then he goes to the back. I show the video to like one or two sons. People be like, this was scary, but it seems like he's fine. And it's just like, oh, you know, he's fine. I was going to ask before we get into the craziness that ensues. So like I've been courtside with you when we go to the same games. You do like film things and then you're just like, whatever. Did you even like you you were just filming like you usually do, right? I was filming like I usually do and I caught the fall and I wasn't going to post it because I because you'd freak people out. I understand the weight of my audience and how much it holds now people who have been listening people who listen to this podcast if they follow me on twitter they understand that when i tweet wow it's because tottenham scored in the 93rd minute or it's because u of a hit a big shot they don't think i'm tweeting wow or oh my gosh because i got news that devin booker tore his acl or whatever you know what i mean but people always tweet at that kind of thing and react like oh my god what happened what What happened (laughs) because some people i guess do tweet like that i don't know but i I just tweet i think you should leave memes and i've realized in hindsight like i gotta have some context here like if i've been tweeting a a a prem a prem match and on a saturday morning or tweeting about f1 or whatever when a perfect example is uh two years ago christian erickson on denmark collapsed uh, on the field in the world cup and it was horrifying and i was like oh my gosh this is horrifying I just tweeted that because I was like just reacting to it. And then a bunch of people replied and be like, oh, my God, what's happening? Are they OK? Because it was in the middle of the playoffs last year. So they thought it was Suns related. They thought it was Suns Everything related. Everything you tweeted Suns related. Is and that it was just me reacting in the moment to an incredibly scary situation, which Erickson wound up being OK. Thank goodness. But anyway, that's that's to that to your question. That's why I didn't post it, because I post that and people are going to overreact. But it turns out those overreactions would have been correct because yeah. which 45, is why you posted it after. Yeah trying trying to be a capital j journalist as much as i can be brother you know and yeah. that's not to say people who posted it aren't journalists whatever i don't oh my god i can't believe i said that out loud <laughs> i hate that i even like embraced that well you're you're aware of what, of what happens loud. if you posted that and then there's like an hour before the game he and shoots he comes... four of 15 and it's like oh did he hurt his ankle yeah you know it's i've seen that happen way too many times he gets scratched and, and my like, first thought know. after again I'm standing 15, sitting 15 feet away from him, watching him move perfectly fine. I've seen guys turn their ankles, not all the time, but we see guys like tweak an ankle during a game and they wind up being fine. We've seen Mikel Bridges tweak his ankle a half dozen times. We've seen like a month or two ago. DA had one that looked that bad and he missed two games or whatever. So my thought was, okay, precautionary for sure. Has to be precautionary. Maybe like swelled up a bit in the back, whatever. Maybe he's back for the Milwaukee game. Maybe he's back for that. Maybe he missed like two or three games or whatever. That's what I thought. And then we get the reports back and then the official update from the Suns. People keep tweeting at me saying, isn't it two weeks? It's like the team said three weeks. At a certain point, I just got to believe the team (laughs) over anyone else is as valid as their information proves to be. Three week timeline. And my instant reaction was I posted brutal because... I just thought it was going to be a day-to-day thing, but then other reporting came out that it could be four to six weeks. There was speculation that he could be out the rest of the regular season. So I think people saw the two to three weeks and were like, oh, good, great. Yeah, I, I never saw that injury and thought like his season could be over. That's never how I saw it at all. Yeah. So all of this occurs and there are reactions to come. My first one was what I wrote about last night, which I'll get to, but 
I've been talking for so long, talking, building up the story that I should let my podcast co-host talk now because that's what a host or I literally, driver should do. I'm such, I would be such a terrible driver on the air. They ask me every now and then if I would want to drive when I'm on there. I'm like, no, I just, have, I blabber. You'd nonstop. be fine, but I, I literally told you before this, like, what am I supposed to say here? <laughs> I don't know. What do you know, Kevin? What do you think? What What was your, once you were, let's not do oh. the instant thing, I, I'll share my instant thing. Now that you've had a day to digest the, the news that he could probably, yeah. he's probably going to play between five to ten games in the regular season for the Suns before the playoffs. What, that part, you don't even have to talk about. What do you think? I think mostly just watching it and seeing, okay, someone had a still of probably your video. That doesn't look good, but also he's an elastic dude. He went through, I was talking to you through, well, once you were done finding this all out and we, we know that he at least went through things. So it wasn't like he broke it. So I wasn't surprised. I'm not surprised on the length. I think I'm, I think the biggest thing is the disappointment and the, we're going to have, unfortunately, I don't know if it's fair or not. We're going to have three weeks of the same thing where it's, oh, they gave up so much. Mikel Bridges is scoring 30 points again. Ugh. Kevin Durant is not healthy. Was he's, it worth it? He's injury prone. He's only had, I mean, he's had two bad injuries lately. Am I wrong on that? I mean, the Achilles is the the biggie, obviously. MCL serious. I don't know what happens when you add these things up. He misses chunks of games as opposed to a few games. That's the way I would describe his injury history, which as long as he's healthy in the postseason, I don't think it winds up mattering too much. And it is proven to not wind up mattering that much. I think a big misconception with him is because of the way that he won his two titles. By the way, I'll play LeBron James one finals MVP in one of those two. I'm just going to like repeat that. (laughs) And then they just like swept, swept. A LeBron James team. Uh, he broke his hand and everything, but just uh, for the people who doubt his, because, you know, I'm getting everything in there. Uh, uh, like one of the best I, postseason performers of his generation, for I, sure. So yeah. like, it, as long as he's in the postseason, that's fine. I think we're feeling the same thing as what a rational fan should be feeling, which is I was... They're, they're being rational about this for the most part. Yeah, I think yeah. they are. Is They. <laughs> they. We're disappointed because we're going to put off three weeks of seeing how this team gels. And we talked in our last few podcasts of, okay, role players, how are you going to fit? How's DA going to fit? How's Chris going to fit? And now we're back to like, oh, this is the kind of the prior team without Mikel Bridges. And we kind of know what to expect from it. And yeah, I'm not super concerned. I think everyone's just like anxious to see how good this team can be. And there's time taken away from that. But my whole thing is like, like you said, it matters what happens in the postseason. Um, This team looks capable of doing well now, securing a top four seed. They've kind of separated. If you care to pull up the standings, I think they're three. No no update desk today. No update desk. That's fine. The desk is indisposed at this point. (laughs) But they're kind of separating from five and down, mm. five seed and down. So I think, okay, you get home court. That's, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And we don't know what the, the matchups could be anything right now still. People are scared that it's going to be Golden State or the Clippers. Pelicans, I understand why, I guess, but it could, it could be Minnesota. One of those teams could still climb. It could be Dallas, which is another bad matchup, has proven to be a bad matchup, at least before the trades. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, th- I think you can. 
there's going to be tinkering that's going to have to happen in the playoffs either way. Correct. And so I think this is just going to be mad dash last five to ten games, like you said, of the regular season of we don't have much time, but we got to lock in and then hit the postseason being like, okay, this is going to be a process. We might take an L here. What do we learn from it? How quickly can we adjust? It's a very subjective thing that I have focused on with this so far. I wrote a column last night. Essentially, I didn't even mention the standings in there, I think. I basically wrote the whole thing about how they've got five to ten games of in-season stuff. And I think more importantly, not to say the three games didn't matter at all, but I think it matters less knowing that there's a three-week break in between the games. They're going to have two consecutive weeks together on the court starting games, maybe a week and a half, maybe a week, but two weeks optimistically because you factor in the time as well when the plans are taking place and they're practicing together, right? So two weeks. That's true, yeah. They're going to have two weeks. And is that enough time to build the cohesion, continuity, chemistry, their system around Kevin Durant? Are they going to be able to get that to the level it needs to be at in order to win a championship. And the thing is that is entirely subjective. And the majority of people, at least that were interacting with me on Twitter, were disagreeing with my notion. And I think that's completely fine. And I understand why. And I got into a lot of those reasons in the story. And again, people read something like that. They're going to think I'm saying this means they're not going to make the finals anymore or whatever. And I wrote in there, the way I phrased it is, you can't count them out because of this. You just you can't count them out because of it. It's just another challenge in their way now. This is another obstacle. Uh, Zach Lowe and Howard Beck on the Low Post discuss this very thing. And Zach Lowe, brighter basketball mind than you and I. No offense, Kevin. He's smarter than us mm. when it comes to basketball. I got to say. He's like, I don't know. Whatever. As long as they're healthy by the playoffs, it doesn't yeah. matter. And he, <laughs> he knows the stuff way better than us. Uh, and then Howard Beck was on and he sort of pushed back a bit and was like, okay, let's say in an example where the trade deadline doesn't exist, you get Kevin Durant with 10 games left in the regular season after not having him on your team the entire year. Do you still feel the same way than you would? And, and that's a I'd different feel way. Good. It's a different way of thinking about it. I would feel good as well. And I still feel I'm not less confident in them as a team anymore. I'm just more observant now. I'm just going to be a lot more observant. So in game three, the first road game they play in Sacramento or whatever, and it's loud and that's three straight defensive rotations. They've screwed up. I'm going to be like, then you, yeah, it's just looking out for stuff like that because things like that are going to happen. Guess what? They were happening in that Charlotte game. It looked fantastic in Charlotte. Don't get me wrong. But defensively, especially, they were just like a lot of like, okay, we need to figure out how this feels together, where we go yeah. there. And I think Monty sort of hinted at, we want to have the defense schemed in a way a bit more. He did not come close to saying this, but what he said allowed me to believe that what he, what they're doing is trying to base more of their scheme around utilizing what Durant does, which is very smart. He can be a weak side rim protector. He can switch like a... He can do a whole lot of stuff. He can also bail you out of a few losses so you can have those games where it looks bad. Exactly. And you survive. Which is, which is why I'm not worried about the first or the second you, round because I, I believe that their four best players are still going to play to an extremely high level. And even if it's not as cohesive as you would like for a team to be that's pursuing a championship, which is ultimately how I think these things work, again, 
the example that I used, which is a tough one because Team USA's are so overblown with talent, but when you see Team USA against Argentina and these Argentina people have been playing together for 10 straight years and this team just got thrown together three weeks ago, you know that you just see it. Yeah. You just see how easy it is for them to play together. So when they're playing against teams like... I mean, the Clippers, for example, look, I I know that the games on the floor haven't really been there, but that unit's been together a pretty long time now. Denver's got some new pieces as well, but Jokic and Murray have been together forever. But you can argue in the same way that Aiden Booker at. But you look at the top core of the team and the two or three most important players on each team up top in the West. They've all been together a pretty long time. Denver. Memphis. Dallas is the is the is the variable here with yeah. Luca, which is part of why I was like hesitant about that trade. To be honest, you got Minnesota, Gobert, but they've had a yeah. full season. Yeah. So, but but not that's to, that's part Cat of why I, that's part long, of yeah. why I don't like Minnesota because we don't know what this looks like in the yeah. playoffs. We have no idea. They did not look good together, right? They New, never really. New hit Orleans, I guess. Golden State speaks for itself. Like there's just. Yeah, I think there is a balance to it. I really do believe it. And it's part of why I think basketball is such an amazing sport, because there just is base level, not base level, but there is base level teamwork. And then there is phenomenal, exceptional teamwork. Do you remember when we were talking midway through that Nuggets series and I was just marveling for five minutes about how they were rotating defensively? Yeah, it was like it was like they'd been playing together their whole lives. It was perfect. And I was just like, they're peaking right now and they're going to win a championship because of the way they're just they know where to they just know where to be the entire time, know where the other guy is going They're They're playing a half second ahead of Denver right now because they know each other so well on the court at this point. And there's just advantages to that disadvantages i don't know but advantages there are and they're just not going to get that advantage unless things come together in this really crazy way but guess what what i've talked about kevin Durant is the most versatile adaptable superstar maybe ever that we've seen in the game he is going to provide that plus but just how much of it i don't know and that's all i was kind of saying on on the on the on the on the words on online i don't know but it's three of them, i gotta mention it the three guys around him who used to be top three of the top four players are still three of the top four players. They're still there. One of them happens to be genius guy, a point God, if you will. Jared Jack today told me he's the smartest basketball players ever seen. Chris Paul. Like he's so that helps. Yeah. That helps accelerate these processes. So I don't know. I, I think it is mostly like we want to see things. We're, we're anxious because we're basketball fans. We're fans of fun, talented basketball being played. We already in front covered of us. this, but just to double down, yeah. you're not concerned about the standings, right? Uh, I don't really care if they catch the Kings because I don't know what the difference is. I thought the value in the two seed being attainable was really interesting just because yeah. you could get home court for two straight rounds no matter what. And then, hey, Look, the Nuggets are probably going to be in the Western Conference Finals, but if the Nuggets got knocked off, all of a sudden you have home court for three rounds now. Like, I thought there was some value in getting to the two seed. I don't want to say that's out of line because we just keep waiting for Sacramento for something to go wrong there, and nothing has yet, and maybe nothing will. Things are going wrong in Memphis, to say the least. They just beat the Warriors last night, but the Warriors are the 1920 Suns on the road, probably. I would like to line up the road records between those two teams. Like, my goodness me. Um but I'm, I'm not concerned. I think they'll stay top four. Now, can they get to three or two? That is probably more on... I think the thing we can rule out now is I was... Just like I ended that podcast being like, 
dude, they might both might average 30 a game. I, I can't rule uh-huh. it out. I couldn't rule out over those 20 games that they would go 18 and two or 17 and three or 19 and one. I couldn't rule that out. Now I feel more confident in ruling it out again. I'm not going to rule it out because basketball, anything can happen, but I think this stretch is going to be more about going slightly above 500 and then another team just like falling off yeah. in the standings race. Oh, hmm. we have a newsletter that I should promote. You should. We, Thank you for reminding me. I thought on the drive in this morning, I was going to mention <laughs> it on the radio and then I forgot already. Thank we you. here at Arizona Sports Right Suns content. Kellen and I do some of it. Other people do others. You know, there are it. a lot of people listening right now who just don't read our stuff. Probably. Because they just, that's how they digest stuff, which fair enough to you. I'm not telling you how to live your life. What? Anyway, our Empire of the Suns Twitter account put out the link. If you want to sign up, if you are an email guy or girl person, I, I don't know who I don't really look at newsletters, to be honest, but I write one now, so hey. Brother, you, you have a brother or sister, you have a busy Monday through Friday, and you just want to wake up Saturday morning with that cup of joe and catch up on the Suns news of the week, I got a great place for you to go. I'm going to put more of our podcast links in it. I am going to write more, like it's more casual, I guess, like, I thought this was crazy. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. Click on this if you feel like it. Or just learn here. Markeith Morris did what? <laughs> Pat Bev apparently snuck up on DA behind the food line after they played the Bulls Man. and was trying to start stuff, which, like, he was bragging about it, like, DA's not tough or something, but it's just like, man, just turn off a little bit. Do you want to... I don't think that guy turns it off. All I'll say, it, all I will say on that is... <laughs> I respect someone sticking to their brand and no one sticks to their brand no, in the yeah. NBA better than Patrick Beverly. You can't fault that. Yeah. They, there ain't no turning that off. No, that's, that's who he is. Anyway, newsletter, if you want, or just keep doing this, whatever you're doing, and listening if you're, to me ba- babble and blabber. And if you're a nice listener and you listen to Kevin and you sign up for the newsletter at the top of the next newsletter, you're going to see a feature that I wrote, which will go live on Monday morning if there was one story for me to really promote this year and oh, ask yeah. for you to share it with the people that you know, it would probably be this one. I wrote a couple of good things on the twins, I thought, but this one, I was able to talk to Kevin Durant one-on-one for five minutes. Uh, I was able to talk to Jared Jack one-on-one for over 10 minutes. I was able to ask Monty Williams, ask Terrence Ross, ask Ish Wainwright about Prince George's County, which is... A county with under a million people that borders Washington, D.C. And if you've heard of it before, it like rings a bell, but you don't know where from. It's it's where KD and all those uh, or where KD, Monty and Jared Jack are from. Ish and Terrence played at the same high school as Kevin Durant. But um, those three guys grew up there. And the whole concept of the story is basically that Durant is changing teams midseason for the first time. And there is sort of a... There is a bond there that they obviously share. As Monty put it, he knows how Kevin Durant grew up. Durant knows how he grew up, even that there's a big age gap there. They just really understand each other because of where they came from. Uh, Kevin said a lot of really great stuff to me. Jared Jack said a lot of really great stuff to me. I would really like for you to read it if you would like to. I'm sorry Uh, I didn't promote that before I promoted the thing that no one cares about. No, they care about that because this (laughs) will be in it. You know, you can intertwine it together uh but yeah it's not often that you get to talk to one of the most famous people in the country for five minutes and it was only about prince george's county and i'm glad it was that way honestly because it was really great to 
get to know. And I think my goal is with the piece that you're going to like learn about this connection that those three have, but then also just learn like a little bit about Kevin Durant as a person. And he was kind enough with the time to kind of share a little bit about it himself. I'm not going to spoil it exactly, but you'll you'll get to know him a little bit more. And I think that's really cool for new fans of his to kind of get to know who he is as a person a little bit more. And that was that was kind of the goal of the piece. And it's still kind of coming together today, but we're going to have it out Monday morning. You're going to hear about it on the airwaves, hopefully, if I bothered enough people about it. <laughs> And yeah, I'm ex- I'm really excited for everyone to read it. You will, you will back it up that when you write a, I mean, like that's my high end example, right? Like the lowest end. When you write a haboob about <laughs> this happened in the SEC tournament or whatever, you're, you click like save on it and send the edits, and you're like, I want people to read that. That was really great. Like you just, as writers, we get that a lot, right? We I get wrote on Shaq's of, big toe once, and it was probably the best thing I've written. See, <laughs> and you're like, you're like, if there's one story I want like to get five million views, it would be this one. And I don't know if it's going to be like one of the best stories I've ever written, but I mean, I got to talk to Katie for five minutes. I used to watch him on the TV. I got a, a little kid. preview. I'm sure it's going to change now because you weren't completely done with it, but yeah, I'm it gonna... was good. It was a lot of learning. Thank you. Yeah, it's really great. PG County is a very... I like I knew about it, but I didn't know. I think maybe yeah. my favorite part about it is that it is kind of intertwined into the history of basketball because it produced two of like the biggest stories in the game's history to come out of there. Len Bias is one of them. And then obviously KD is one of the best players ever. And they both came out of uh, that little place. Really good documentary on Showtime too. If you, if you hear this before Monday and you're just like curious, uh, Basketball County in the Water, I believe is what it's called on Showtime two years ago. It's great. Um, it tells the whole story. I used a couple examples from it in my story, but yeah, I'm excited about it. As you can tell, how I keep talking about it, but I'm going to stop now, and we're going to stop podcasting because we hit our limit five minutes ago. Like we said, because we have to go, you have to go. You have a weekend to get to, my good Love sir. Love it. Uh, Landry Shamit reevaluated in a week. That's oh. why I stopped there to read stuff, but uh, it goes on for him. Unfortunately, it was good to see him out on the court, uh, back out on the court. I guess like sometimes we don't see guys shooting out there when they're in the early stages of recovery. He's back out there shooting, still getting reevaluated. They could kind of use him. A little bit, dare and I say. Like defense the, on the ball. Defense is really good. He can shoot still. He, he still provides some value. I, I'm going to be the guy to say it. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week. Uh, we didn't get to this part, but 16 games left. Eight of them are against teams that are currently in a top six position in their respective conferences. And then there are three that are of particular interest to the standings. Two remaining against Sacramento, who's above them, and one against Golden State, who is below them. They play at home against Sacramento on Saturday, on the road on Monday against Golden State, and then I believe it is three weeks away, uh, two weeks away, at Sacramento again. And if you did not watch last night or you haven't seen a Kings game on the road yet, the Suns played them in like the fifth game of the season. It was probably still pretty loud there, but... Just in the way the excitement built around here two years ago, like first time in the playoffs, that place is a zoo right now, light the beam and all that. And it's going to be even more of a zoo when the playoffs roll. But that game will be Kings fans will be like excited going in like, yeah, we're this team now and we can beat you guys. And that's going to be a super fun game. I can't wait to watch that. Beware of the beam team. The beam team. They got Isn't it crazy how they did a really dumb, dumb trade? And it's just like <laughs> they have two all stars now. It worked out. It's OK. Sometimes it's not as dumb as we think. Sometimes we're the dumb ones, Kevin. Whoa. Life lessons. Send the podcast. (laughs) See you all next week. Bye.